everyone. You're listening to Patio Talk Pod. Where we believe everyone has a story. And we want to share it. I'm David. And I'm Cindy. Welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here with us today. We wanted to talk to you about your extended warranty for your car. Yeah, no matter where you are, you're going to be found by those folks. If I'm ever lost, please get those folks. Who do the car's extended warranty phone calls to look for me? We should hire these people. Exactly. They can find you wherever you are. Exactly. Also, we also want to talk to you about have you have you registered to vote? You know, when you click on Facebook, if you're a Facebook user and or Instagram user for that matter, the first thing you do when you click on it, what's the first thing popping at you right now? Have you registered to vote? Have you registered to vote? Tell everybody about your registered to vote. Look where you're registered to vote. Are you registered to vote? Yes, Facebook can clearly see where I last browsed to shop or maybe purchased something or maybe even spoke a conversation out with someone and it pops up on Facebook. But somehow they don't know if I'm registered to vote or not. Crazy. Yeah, they can look back at the past and go uh, and see where I've put on there. I voted. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. They know yeah. what they're doing. Why don't they so just you know be honest? everything else, right? I think they should just be honest. Yeah. We heard this on a, a sports talk radio show this this week. And we, we did? And it's so true, yeah. Where they were talking about, why don't they just be honest? We want you to vote for who we want you to vote for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that now? Because that's the truth. Yeah. The truth is, have you registered it, to vote? It, and yeah. are you going to vote our way? Yeah. It is important to register to vote and to actually act on it and vote. Um, it is something that... It's our right to vote. It's our right to vote. People have fought, died for our freedom to to vote, um, especially as a female. Yep. Um, and so for it, people of color. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard-fought battle. For any American of any race, gender, you know, should vote. It's very important. But yeah, that's, that's how it fills with ads and so forth. Everyone kind of cramming that down your throat. It's, it's more or less, they're trying to tell you to vote their way, not... That it's really important just to vote. Yeah. Like you said, they know that we're registered to vote. Yeah. They're just throwing that that algorithm out there. And again, they should just put on there, vote how we want you to vote. (laughs) It's like that with other things, too. I mean, I know there's some sports organizations out there who are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it really, I I don't mind them saying vote, but it's the, I guess it's just the tone. Yeah. Because the entertainment industry, things like that. I mean, it's, it's all across the board. Yeah. Just tone it down. How about that? Yeah. Tone it down. And listen, yeah. I'm going to early vote. Once I early vote, do you think maybe I could opt out of all that junk? No. No? They're still going to hit me with it? <laughs> yeah. And I, I think, think so. they will, too. I think so. I feel like I feel like the last election never ended because we went into, let's impeach the president. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so it just felt like there was constant Democrats versus Republicans and all the time, worse than any time before. Um, but anyway, we don't like to spend too much time on politics. We yeah. don't want <laughs> we're, we're not a political podcast. No, not at all. Um, but the sad part about it is, is that politics is really starting to take over our social media feeds. It's it's taking over um, even even with young kids. It's it's taking over what's going on in their lives. They're talking about it, and what I'm really grieved about right now is how politics has divided. So many of us. Just recently, I saw two brothers in Christ who are strong believers, but are polar opposite on who they want to vote for. And it grieved me to see how divided they are when I know both of them are part of the same body. 
Right. And that was hard for me to sit and watch that. And, and here's what really was hard for me. As I was able to sit and watch it on social media being played out in public. Used to, those disagreements would be held behind closed doors on a phone call or in person over a cup of coffee. Both of them were respectful to one another. I don't think either one of them were disrespectful to each other. But it was sad because people who see this and don't really know either one of these guys are just seeing the divide in the body of Christ. And that really stinks. It grieves my heart, really. It really does. We want to talk a little bit about social media. Not really politics, but social media and what it's doing to us. I know some of you may not be watching Netflix anymore, but for those of you who are, have you watched the documentary series or the documentary called Social Dilemma? Man, it was very eye-opening to me. I didn't even watch the whole documentary, and it was very eye-opening and sickening um, to think about. And I'm always torn about I want to go off of social media. I've been telling you that. But I do have FOMO, fear of missing out on something that's going on with family that maybe lives in another state, church for that matter. You're going to miss. I mean, you know, our church does, they do email a lot of communication, yet you get more of the interaction on being part of the Facebook group. So I I do, I I fear I'm going to miss out on something and, and our kids Trying to keep up, kind of, you know, keep that watchful eye as a parent. Um, you have to be on social media yeah. in order to do that. But I am disappointed in myself for how much I allow myself to get sucked into it. Yeah. So according to socialnetworking.procon.org, uh, around 7 out of 10 Americans, 72%, use social media sites such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Pinterest up from 26% in 2008. This article came out uh, at the end of June uh, of this year. On this site, you can look up the pro and con arguments of social media. And so, Cindy and I thought we would just go through a few of these and just touch base on them. There's actually 23 of them. We're not going to go all through all the 23, but we are going to hit a few. Because, just like Cindy said, you want to get off of it because I feel like it does drain your time. It drains a lot of out of you. And we're going to go through what this site talks about pros and cons. So pro social media spreads information faster than any other media. 78.5% of traditional media reporters polled use social media to check for breaking news. Everything's breaking news, breaking news. I just posted, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have that from the news that I follow at the top of my phone. It's constantly breaking news, but it's really the same news. It was yesterday. Exactly. Con, social media enables the spread of unreliable and false information. 64% of people who use Twitter for news say that they have encountered something that they later discovered wasn't true. And 16% of Twitter news users say they had retweeted or posted a tweet that later discovered to be false. There is so much of that. Like, especially on, you know, I don't do Twitter, but on Facebook, like missing persons is on there a lot without people looking and you'll often see, thank goodness, you know, there's a report they found this person or this is old. This is from 2018 or some kind of something that you have to look up for what Snopes.com to see if it's true or not. Yeah. Often people will just forward it on thinking it's a current news article when it's clearly not. So clearly it's gossip. I mean, really it is. And and really I, I can't stress this enough. Fact 
check, fact, check, fact, check. Don't let Facebook fact check it for you. You fact check it. Look at it. Before you go to retweeting or reposting or sharing something, look at it for yourself. It's just like reading scripture. Just because a preacher says it doesn't mean that's gospel. Look it up for yourself. Talk to God about it. I'll say this about social media. Fact check what you see. Absolutely. So the next pro that I have here is law enforcement uses social media to catch and prosecute criminals. 73% of federal, state, and local law enforcement professionals surveyed think social media helps solve crimes more quickly. Yeah. The con to that is social media lacks privacy and exposes users to government and corporate intrusions. 81% of people surveyed feel uh, not very or not at all secure when using social media sites to share private information. Now, again, on that, I like it that they can track down what a criminal did, right? Or what Mm -hmm. they're talking about. A lot of times they get premeditation on that. True. You know, local in your community, when there's something that happens at the local Walmart, Target, or restaurant, bank, they can post pictures quickly and, and get the information out there and share it on all your community pages. So that's a plus. But the con on that is, I think, more in depth of the day and age we're in with human trafficking and you post pictures of where you're at with your child or where your child goes to school and things like that. Or, or even on a little bit lesser devious note is you and I can be talking about something and when then we click on our feed, guess what advertisement pops up? Yes. Exactly what we were talking about. True. That is an invasion of privacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, people. But again, it's part of the, if you read your terms and conditions, it's got to be in there. Who reads their terms and conditions? Really? If you do, could you please give us the layman's terms and conditions, please? <laughs> yes. All right. Next one. I got caught on that one time. Just a random thought here once by our son called me out on it because I can't remember exactly what we were doing, but I've always told him that you should read something before you sign it. And we were somewhere and I don't know, it's something basic generic that I, I was comfortable with not, you know, reading through everything. And he called me out on it as he should. I'm as trying to should. teach him. <laughs> so, but it's kind of more of those things I learned that. And so I, I feel like I have my standard of, thought process of when I should stop and read and when I think it's just basic generic that I'm used to. I can use logic that I'm okay to agree to these terms. But. Right. It's like a contract. It usually has boilerplate information, right? It's, right. It's in there. All right. Next pro. Social media sites help students do better at school. 59% of students with access to the internet report that they use social media to discuss educational topics and 50% use the sites to talk about school assignments. Con, students who are heavy social media users tend to have lower grades. 31% of teens say that using social media during homework reduces the, the quality of their work. Students who use social media had an average GPA of 3.06, while non-users had an average GPA of 3.8. I totally believe that as an adult, just how it's distracting and that that can be distracting for kids. Yeah, I, I do too, but uh, uh, going with this, not just social media, but I mean, our we're kind of faced with this right now with our a private situation that we're dealing with. Um, you want to limit a teen's social media. 
However, schools now are using more technology mm-hmm. and more social media to communicate. And that just takes away another level of being able to control what your child is on. And trust me, we, just like everyone else, are struggling through how much, how tight uh, to be with social media usage. We've we've raised a child who is an adult now, and it was nowhere near No, she was hard. growing with it as it was growing. So, you know, it was easier to maneuver through that with her. Right, because as she was learning it, everyone else was learning it. Now, there's so much coming so fast, and there's so many different ones. It's hard. It's a full-time job to keep up with it as a parent. Let's be honest. It really is. And so for the easy thing for us to say is, nope, we can't have social media. But then you go, wait a minute. There are some good things that come out of it. And there's some things that are positive. If you're part of a student youth program, again, going back to for reasons that I feel like I can't drop it, it's because that's how the church communicates or... You know, there's a, a local youth organization here that, you know, our son participates in. Well, they put everything out on Instagram of when they're meeting. and Exactly. If we don't have that, we don't know. Right. All right. Number four. Social media allows people to improve their relationships and make new friends. 93% of adults on Facebook use it to connect with family members. 91% use it to connect with current friends. And 87% use it to connect with friends from the past. The con... Social media can lead to stress and offline relationship problems. 31% of teens who use social media have fought with a friend because of something that happened online. A 2016 study found that overuse of social media as an adolescent may decrease success in relationships later in life as online communication hinders the development of conflict management skills and awareness of interpersonal cue. We see that. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just going to add, it's when it says and make new friends, it's really a false sense of making new friends. Because how many of us have friends, Facebook friends, we know everything about what's happening in their life. But if we run into them at the store, we don't feel comfortable walking up and talking to them. Right. Would you go to lunch with them? Would you sit down and have dinner with them? It's a tough thing to think about. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe I would, but realistically, probably not. Because everyone's, their life's busy, our life's busy. You know, it's it's hard to say that. When you say you have a friend on Facebook, it's not really a friend. It's a, it's, it's not like a, per, a close personal friend, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a it's virtual an, friend. It's a virtual <laughs> friend. It's a close, it's a, it's an acquaintance. It's, it's someone that you, you know, yeah. and you're I, interested in, but maybe not I think have lunch with. I think it leads to a large, leads to the reason why we have a large population of young teenagers, young adults, and even adults, adults, you know, having anxiety because you see what appears, again, keyword appears to be this grand life, grand vacation, you know, these parties, these kids are missing out on things like that. And it makes you feel anxious. So why wasn't I invited to that? Or, you know, why can't I have that? And I think it's human nature, so I definitely think it's a large part of the reason why the younger generations now have so much anxiety and depression to, to battle. And again, it goes back to the, it's hard for them to see the interpersonal cues, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard for them to, if you if you don't have conversations with people, and face-to-face conversations or telephone conversations with people, it's hard to catch visuals. It's hard to catch 
uh, inflection of tone, right? Right. We, we talk about it in the business world with emails. That emails can be taken so wrong because you can't read inflection. You can't read tone. Well, she can put lots of emojis. You it just can. doesn't look professional. It doesn't look professional. <laughs> but you can't read. You can't read that. But right. if you, but so many times, in, just for me in business, I can misinterpret an email, but I can pick up the phone and talk to that person and work it all out. And both of us have maybe had a misconception of what our emails were talking about and the tone that it was setting, right? Right. Same thing with social media. Yeah. It, that can happen. You may be trying to make a point, but it may not be that I'm dying on this hill. Yeah. It's maybe, well, maybe we should think about this. But someone reads it as, that's exactly what they think, and they don't think anything else, and they're totally wrong, and this is bad. It's it, You can't do that in life. Yeah. I was like going back to the pros because I feel like we hang out on the cons for a long time on social media. But again, there are cons. And I like the one about keeping it with family that, you know, I've already said that, that live in another state, being able to feel like I'm still pro. part. Yeah, as a pro living, you know, being able to feel like I'm living along with that family member, being able to keep up with their kids growing up and things like that. That is good. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. Okay. Last one. We promise. So this is a pro for social media that it is good for the economy. Social media sites have created a new major industry and thousands of jobs. A McKinsey Global Institute study projected that the communication and collaboration from social media added between $900 billion and $1.3 trillion to the economy through added productivity and improved customer service. Everybody uses it, yeah. right? Every business well, uses it. Yeah, I mean, our daughter has freelanced, do, you know, managing social media and helping, you know, uh, small companies, small set businesses up their set up media. their social media. She worked for her university for a couple of years, running uh, their social media, and so that yeah, that was a job. That is was. a job. She made money doing that. So basically, it's the new glorified marketing <laughs> it is a new marketing degree yeah it and really now is. they have algorithms that build into the social media platforms to to even help grow businesses that way the thing is they still gotta have content creators they mm -hmm. gotta create the content mm -hmm. for the algorithm to pick up on mm -hmm. so it's it's there and this one is very deep because it is good for the economy there's lots of i mean seriously we look at us a small little podcast the way we get our word out to you is through social media. Yeah. Hey, we got a new episode out. Please check it out. Well, that's that's how you find out. You see all the time people posting on their social media platforms in search of a right. plumber, in search of an electrician, in search of a dog groomer. You know, you find, I do like that part of it, that you can. And you have people a lot of times saying, hey, what's a podcast you're listening to? Please tell them Patio Talk Pod. Shameless plug. <laughs> But do that, honestly. But it is. It's how we get it out there. So, uh, And we're not a, really a business, but it, it is good for the economy. The con to that is social media harms employees' productivity. A global online survey found that 50% of workers check or use social media at least once a day during work hours. A survey of Irish workers found that 78% of use of personal device to access social media at work. And two-thirds of U.S. workers with Facebook accounts access the site during work hours. So, again, it's it's again, it's again a pro and a con. It's pro and a con. It's pro and a con. But we're not here to say that social media is bad. 
but we are saying that there are some bad aspects of it. Right. Well, just like anything, if it's abused, overused, it can lead to bad habits, bad behaviors, bad health. I mean, all of that. Is- yeah, but there are some good aspects right. of it. Right? There's a, there's good and bad. There's good. The good and bad. can overcome the evil. Exactly. The good can overcome. It's all in the perspective evil. and discipline. And I certainly am not as disciplined as I should be, and will not claim that I am at all. No, I'm not either. And even as parents, it's it's been a it's been a challenge. It's uh, certainly a challenge. But listen, if you do have Netflix, please check out that that documentary uh, if you haven't watched it. It it will definitely make you think. Social dilemma. So since our last episode, Cindy and I have completed our 75 hard program, uh, and it was what it was called. Hard. It was hard. <laughs> it was 75 straight days of two workouts a day of 45 minutes. One must be outside. We had to drink a gallon of water a day. We had to read 10 pages of a nonfiction book, a real book, not an audio book. Mm-hmm. We had to pick a diet, stick with it, uh, and we had no cheat days. That was a difficult, difficult thing to do. And um, I will say that when we finished it, we gave each other a high five. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we talked about, uh, you know, what we accomplished. And it was, it was I mean, it was, it was worth it. Yeah. It was worth it. Just on a personal note, um, I, I didn't lose a ton of weight, but I lost a lot of inches. And I gained a ton of strength. And I look a lot different. <laughs> yeah. But that wasn't what it was about for me it was about me changing my mindset of can i do this will i do this will i be disciplined enough to do it and the answer is yes for me it's more about what i gained and i know that sounds crazy because it wasn't all about the loss right that's true it really was gaining discipline mentally physically confidence courage mental clarity knowledge you know about myself and about Things that I read about, physical strengths and ability. Like for me, I have a terrible back and a bad knee, but the worst part of me is my back <laughs> and have dealt with that for 20 plus years. And so I'm always afraid. Cindy's had two major back surgeries yeah. in her life. Yes. And trying to avoid a third. And so working out when you've had a doctor tell you all you can do is walk is scary. It's depressing and it makes it creates fear and anxiety to try anything. And so I felt pretty good about the 75 days of pushing hard. I had days that my back killed me. It hurt, mm-hmm. but I still did it. I still got out there. You know, I praise God that, you know, I really feel like he helped me get through it because at the end of those 75 days, my back crashed. Yeah. <laughs> not, not as bad as it has in the past, but I, I had a, a good hard week of trying to recover after, because we went on a bike ride for seven and a half miles. And I really feel like that kind of put some strain there. The positive to that is yeah. at the beginning of the 75 days, we would never have accomplished riding a bike for seven and a half miles. Heck this is a no. one, one speed bike, by the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was fun. It was exciting. It was exhilarating. You know, just that I can say I did that. I'd never, ever dream. I don't think as a kid, I could have ridden a bike that long. <laughs> So may, just may not have held your interest that long as a kid. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. But it helped us channel creativity. We had to figure out different ways to work out so that we didn't get bored. You know, doing things in our driveway when it's just 
because we had to work out outside. If it was raining, you know, it still had to get out there with umbrellas and. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'll say a big key for both of us. I think we both do this and this is, uh, we joined a, a fitness gym called nine round and it's locally where we are. And it's, it's basically a 30 minute workout of just working your butt off. Mm-hmm. And when you, when I come out of there from working out in 30 minutes, I am drenched with sweat and we call it sweat therapy. And it really is. And I mean, you go in there and you punch and kick and, I mean, you do basically a, a high intense, a high intensity interval workout for 30 minutes. And it's nine round. If you have one close to you, check them out. It's worth it. We yeah, love it. We, we absolutely love it. Wish that we had been going a long time ago. And the trainers are great. They, with my back condition, they're always very thoughtful and mindful to even stop me when I'm about to do something I probably shouldn't. And they're like, no, let's try this because of your back. You know, So yeah. I love that and really appreciate them for that. So, you know, some of the things that I did lose were some bad habits, um, like eating those quarantine Oreos. <laughs> Back when um, it, it felt like the world was ending, and why not just go ahead and cram these Oreos down? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I did lose some pounds. Uh, I lo- lost a ton of inches more than right. I did pounds, really. But, um, again, that wasn't really my focus. It was more just gaining the discipline, proving to myself that I could do something mentally and physically hard like this. And uh, I I believe I lost some negative self-talk on it to where I'm more encouraging to myself when I'm feeling like my back is aching, my leg is aching, you know, I'm like, okay, I feel pain. That's good. Actually, is a good thing. And I can push through this and, and quit making excuses about it. And I did learn about myself that I am appreciative of water. I do like to drink water, but I don't like to drink it as much as I always thought I did. <laughs> so. Toughest part of the challenge for you was. The water. The, the water. One gallon a day was tough. Yeah. But I did it. There were some nights that it was late night and I was I was sucking it down and getting up to pee a lot during the night. No, Sorry, no listeners, doubt. if I was TMI, but. Yeah. Hey, it's real. <laughs> exactly. So where we are now, we completed that. We took a few days. I'm going to say we took a few days off, but we kept working out. We just didn't work out as hard. And still working out. Yeah, we did take a day to celebrate, and we got to celebrate at Disney's Hollywood Studios, just the two of us, and ate a piece of peanut butter fudge cake of some sort with ice cream that was delicious. Yeah. Um, so we did get to treat ourselves, but then... You know, we've picked right back up. We created our own new plan, maybe not as vigorous as the 75 hard, but we're still kind of tracking along the same lines. Basically trying to do something that fits into our life. Yeah. Right. Uh, The 75 hard showed us that we can make it fit. Right. And that's what we're doing is we're making things fit into our lives instead of instead of reacting to our lives. We're proactively and intentionally making it fit into our lives. And that's really what I got out of 75 hard is. You can do this, dude. Just get off your butt and do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're just, we're planning around the holidays. We're, we're going into it strong and, and trying to finish the year strong. Yeah, we are. Cindy mentioned we were on vacation. We were able to, we were blessed to be able to go on vacation with some good friends of ours and spent uh, a week down in Florida. You know, we were at a resort and it was kind of crazy because we're outside just hanging out, just the four of us. And 
people were asking us, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but can you put on your mask? You know, and we were yeah. like, it's just the four of us here, okay? You know, it's it's it was the rule of the resort, and by agreeing to stay there, you said you would do it. So so we did, and uh, but yeah, we had a good time. So yeah, vacation was great, even though you know the mandates of the mask. We we made it work. It was it was fine. Cool part was if you hung out at the pool, you didn't have to wear a mask. Exactly. So we were at the pool a lot. We hung out or the there beach, a lot. but the beach kind of washed away, so we didn't get to hang out on the beach. But yeah. that's okay. There was a- it was still massive storm out at sea that not where we were, but out at sea that really rocked the ocean. So, yeah, uh, it was still beautiful. And just we got to watch a sunrise. Oh, that, that was, was that was really good. It was a little cloudy, but it still was beautiful and just just made me awestruck of, of God and reminded me of his greatness and his goodness and just that he's the creator. And so thankful for that. I will tell you what I mentioned to you about the, it made me realize about the mask because like when we went to uh, Disney uh, Springs and we went to Hollywood Studios and we were required to wear the mask the whole time. And yeah. it was hot. Oh gosh, it was so hot. <laughs> so hot and humid. We kept putting on sunscreen so we didn't get a mask tan line. And uh, But what it did make me realize, and I think I shared this with you not long after we came back from our trip, is that wearing the mask has required that you actually look people in the eye more now. For me as an introvert, that is something that's kind of hard for me. I mean, I feel like I I do a good job when I'm talking to someone that I look them in the eye. But maybe if I'm not talking, I might avoid that eye contact just because of being an introvert. So I find I'm more intentional about looking at their eyes because that's the only way we can really communicate now. You can't communicate, you know, they can't see you smiling. Yeah, But through the eyes... It was it smizing? Yeah. Is the term we heard today about that. So I do think that that is a good that we can pull from the mask mandates right now. It causes you to look more eye to eye with people. That's why I love her. She's always trying to pull out the good. (laughs) I try. You do. Try to find the silver lining in everything that I can. You do. So anyway, we had a great time. It was it was really fantastic, and uh, you know we we come back and we got back to it, and that's where we are. So we're thankful that we were able to take that vacation, and especially thankful we were able to do that with some good friends of ours. Yes. Let's talk about church. I miss yeah. it. I miss it a lot. I mean, we're still having church, right? Like church is not the building or being in the building, but it helps you connect with other believers that are in the body of Christ. And I miss that. Yeah. While we were on vacation, we left on a Sunday and we uh, flew out on a Sunday and we flew back on a Sunday. So we missed two weeks of church. Now, when I say we missed two weeks of church, our church has been closed since mid-March. Mm-hmm. No in-person services. They decided to open up services. At the last Sunday of September, the first Sunday of October, no, I'm sorry, the, the, the last two Sundays yeah, of September. Yeah, last two sorry. Sundays, yeah. So the last two Sundays of September, we were gone. So we did not get to go. And then I was super excited. We are going to go back to church the following Sunday and actually go physically. And COVID struck again. And we had some positives with our some of our church staff. And so we uh, decided to close church physically again for the next two weeks. Very tough. Mm-hmm. That was so pumped. Yes. And I will tell you guys, if um, if you are getting to meet in, in person and it's working, be thankful to God that it is working. Yeah, definitely. 
because it's it's a struggle for a lot of folks. I mean, for us right now, it's a struggle. If you hear something in the background that sounds like a dog chomping on a bone, it's a dog chomping on a bone. <laughs> it's a patio <laughs> pup. <laughs> but yeah, it's so it's 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 something. I mean, we still watch it online. I mean, this morning we we watched service online. But our daughter is looking for a church that you know, she she wants to go in person. She's a young person. She she's she thrives on being with other people. So for the past three weeks, she's tried just different churches. And so today she was trying a new church, and she had asked me to. She'd asked me last night if I wanted to go, and it's like, nah, I don't really want to. And then today I was thinking, you know, I, I do. I just want to go. <laughs> and so I went to church with her, and it was, you know, it was great. It was fantastic. Um, I, this isn't a church that I attend, but we have some friends that go there, so it was so fantastic to see them. And just to be a part of a body of believers and just sing and not sing in my living room where only Cindy hears me. <laughs> and to just um, see other people and see them smiling and see them worshiping God. And you know, had a great sermon from a young pastor who I think is pretty phenomenal. So it was really great. And, and I'm so happy that I went. And you know, a Yes, of- listeners, I, I did not go. <laughs> As you can tell, but I still have some anxiety about being in a large group of people. Um, so I, I chose not to. I chose for my son and I just to stay home this time. Um, but I am ready. Like I, I desire and want to be back worshiping with other believers. So maybe it's, next week. It's tough. Listen, we understand that people are still out. People are out there and they're not comfortable with it. And there are many people like, and that's okay. It's Okay. There are many people like me who are ready and willing to get back out there and do it. And that's okay, too. I'm, I'm not saying this to say that you must do this. That's not where I'm saying this. I'm just saying that for me, I'm an extrovert. Mm-hmm. I thrive on being around people. And this has been extremely difficult for me not to be able to be around people, especially in a worship environment. I, you know, I love it. I, and I don't, I, I know it might sound cheesy, but I just love walking into the church and seeing people smiling and shaking hands. The <laughs> hardest thing for me is the shaking hands. And see, and that's what's hard for me because I'm sitting here thinking, okay, yeah, they heard me say I went to Disney Springs and, and went on a vacation, but I could somewhat control who was around me and it was strangers. They weren't going to walk up to me and just hug me or shake my hand because they hadn't seen me in a long time. And so, or I would, you know, me being that introvert, the putting myself out there to someone else that maybe they're not comfortable either. And just the whole, I start thinking about all that. And so it just causes anxiety. Of course it causes anxiety <laughs> today. It even causes a little anxiety for me because I'm a handshaker and, and, and I'm a hugger too. So our two friends, I saw them, I'm like, Hey, can I have a hug? And they're like, sure. You know, because we know them, you know, yeah. and we've seen them during this. I shook several people's hands today that I don't know, but I was totally cool with that. But one particular point um the pastor said say hi to someone that you don't know and he just said say hi well the first thing i do is this young lady turns around the first thing i do is say hi and stick out my hand <laughs> you know, because I'm, I'm a handshaker <laughs> well she shook my hand but then i'm sitting there thinking about this in service going man i wonder if i offended her by sticking out my hand and wanting to shake her hand i'm wondering if she's thinking oh my gosh i just shook this guy's hand and i wonder you know if he has COVID, if I'm wondering what's going to happen now. And I'm thinking the same thing. So it really is a mind game. It's, it's a mind, um, 
I guess anxiety is it because I thought of that. I, th- I thought, oh my gosh, did I offend her? Did I not offend? If I hadn't have stuck my hand out, would I have offended her? You know, it's so hard to 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 go through this time. It really is. But anyway, it, it it's great. I mean, I, it, it was a great day. It was a great day for me. It's got me pumped up. I'm ready to I'm ready to worship with other folks, and um, you know, I just pray that nothing bad happens and that you know, from this point, and that we can still worship with one another and that we can get this thing under control and move forward. And I know there's lots of people out there who are who are still very much scared of this. And, and even Cindy has a lot of anxiety about it. And that's okay. I'm just the type of person that I'm, I'm ready for us to say, okay, how do we move forward? Let's move forward. We can't stand still. What are we going to do to move forward? And that's where I am. And I'm good with where I am, and I'm good with where you are. I can't tell you how to be or who to be or what to feel good about. Just can't. It's not my job to. So in moving forward, we're in fall, new season. And uh, what does a new season do? It brings new hope. At least for me, that's how I feel. It's like you watch the leaves falling from the trees, and it's kind of, it's like they go through a pruning through this next season before they'll bloom again and so I feel like even as humans, that's that's kind of a metaphor for us that we're going through a pruning season and that when it's time to come out from this, that we bloom, we just thrive from that point. And so that's where I'm at. The hope of, you know, the autumn leaves, pumpkins, and I've even dabbled a little bit with some pumpkin spice coffee creamer. Yeah. Can you believe that? <laughs> Yeah. Um, candles burning. I've actually decorated more this year for fall than I probably ever have in the 20 some years we've been married. Not that I don't like fall. I just usually don't go all out for decorating for yeah, it. I mean, we've got mums this year. <laughs> yeah. And they've made it a week. So we're doing yeah, great. We're doing fantastic. <laughs> um, but it's just because we're home so much more now. Maybe that's why I wanted to decorate more and just help bring that sense of hope into our home. And so, and then. According to our teenage son, we're going Christmas hard. And yeah. so he's ready to deck the halls literally for Christmas. So we're, we're pump, you know, preparing and getting pumped for that. So I agree with you, Cindy. When it comes to a new season, there's new hope. And uh, I know that you have a special verse when so, it comes to hope. So, yes, the scripture that I um, love most in regards to hope is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Isn't that great? Right now, it's hard to see the ending of this pandemic, but we got to have faith and we got to have hope that it's going to end soon. Yes, I think we all have hope that when the clock strikes January 1, 2021, that it all goes away. In reality, we know that's not the truth. There's going to be residual moving on into 2021, but we all have hope that 2021 is going to be a brighter year. That it's it's going to to bring forth good news for us. Yes, we can only pray, and pray we will. David's dad jokes. David's dad jokes. I am a dad. I think it is prerequisite that once you become a dad, you have to stock up on your dad jokes. You, you got to do it. So last Christmas, my family bought me 365 days worth of dad jokes, and I thought I'd put them to good use. Because who doesn't like a good dad joke? This is just my way of helping out all of those young dads out there who who haven't yet 
got to experience the joy that you can get out of just randomly having a dad joke. You got to be able to pull them out too. Listen, you can only use pull my finger for so long. The little ones will catch on to that and they won't do it anymore. But you got to be well equipped to have dad jokes at your disposal and ready to rock. Cindy. Yes, dear. How can you take a bath without water? Mm, I don't know how. You sunbathe. Ah, got me. <laughs> what did one math book say to the other? Math books say to the other. I have no idea. Man, I've got a lot of problems. <laughs> Why do secret agents get the best sleep? I have no idea. Because they're always undercover. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Why does Peter Pan always fly? I don't know why. Because he never lands. He's in Neverland. <laughs> He's in Neverland. That's good. That's good. David's dad jokes. David's dad jokes. <laughs> so folks, wherever you're listening, or whenever you're listening, whether it be today, tonight, tomorrow, in the morning, in the evening, whatever it is, have a great day. That's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review and hit subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Patio Talk Pod. Please check us out as well on our website, patiotalkpod.net. And if you like what you hear and would like to support the show, click on that cute little button in the show notes that says buy us a coffee. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.